this is the sound of our studio garden at five o'clock in the morning. That's a lot of noise for just, well, birds. I'm Paul, and this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Morning! Well, it is early. It is about 5am or just after and I'm in the studio at the crack of dawn simply because I have so much to do. So here I am with a large cup of coffee trying to crack through my list and the first item on the list is to get this podcast out. I just haven't had chance. I'm so sorry. Uh, Today is so busy simply because as of the close of play I'm not back in the studio for another week or so. Uh, Starting tomorrow, Royal Institution in London. Loads of photography down there, loads of portraits, followed by uh, a few bits and pieces for them uh, to go out in the subsequent weeks. Uh, One of my favourite gigs. I absolutely love the Royal Institution. Of course, it's where Faraday invented electromagnetism. Actually, I say he invented it, discovered it. Discovered it. It was a a phenomenon of physics. You can't invent a phenomenon of physics, but you certainly can uh, discover it and document it and work out how to use it. And of course, in today's day and age of, let's say, electric cars, without that discovery, we'd all be driving around, well, with organic fuels pumping through them. Uh, After that, uh, heading down to Devon in the south of the country for Michelle's wedding. That's Michelle from our team, who is just the nicest person in the world, is marrying another nicest person in the world, if it's possible to have two of them. Uh, So cannot wait for that. Going to be photographing that and just generally probably crying, actually, at how pleased I am for her. And then on the way back home from that, uh, a portrait shoot in Somerset. And then after that four solid days of judging uh, firstly at the newborn and portrait show in coventry and then uh, assessing qualifications for the british institute of professional photographers it's going to be busy uh, but then again i absolutely love it particularly i love doing uh, qualifications and i think i i probably said on the podcast at some point previous uh, i am currently the chair of quals and judging for the British Institute of Professional Photographers, which is something that's both an honour and a heck of a responsibility, uh, but I absolutely love it. Uh, On the news front, Sarah and I now, ah, this is good news, uh, have formally been announced as uh, ambassadors for Graphic Studio, uh, the album company uh, that we have all of our albums made by, as well as quite a lot of other bits and pieces. Uh, We will talk more about that in the coming months, but it's a proper honour. And it's not just me, it's Sarah and I are both ambassadors. Uh, That was the news that I couldn't talk about, or sort of couldn't talk about during the last episode, but it is now out there, it's now official. Sarah and I have the honour of being ambassadors for this incredible company that creates the products that make our clients so unbelievably happy. Uh, Well, I like to think, obviously, it's the photography in the products that that makes our clients happy. But nonetheless, uh, it's a product that we've used for well over a decade. 
or set of products we've used for well over a decade. We love the company, we love the people, and of course, we love the way it makes our clients feel. So a ton of stuff around that uh, coming up, I'm sure, uh, including uh, working with them, training courses with them, and a whole heap of other stuff. And on that training front, uh, at the time of recording, which is, like I said, just after 5 a.m. on the 10th of May, 2022 we do still have a place for our next workshop uh, which is on the 23rd of May Uh, the workshop is called mastering available light and it's all about well (laughs) mastering available light we haven't been very imaginative with our titles I will admit that Uh, but imagine imagine having a camera in your hand and thinking I'm going to get an amazing picture I don't need anything other than a camera in my hand and obviously as a portrait photographer uh, a subject to photograph and that is what it's about it's all about getting out there and just using whatever is to hand whatever you can find in terms of light and just being able to take a picture it's the most liberating way to create images or at least I think it is it's my favorite thing people ask me you know what's my favorite thing to be doing and to be honest is to stick a lens probably an 85 or 105 uh, on the front of the camera simply fall out the door with a subject and go create some magic I absolutely love it. I love the simplicity of it. I love the elegance of it. I love the fact that it's completely liberating. And so you could just move around and laugh and chat. There's no stress. Uh, Contrary to what you might think, having no kit around you actually removes stress. Uh, Having additional kit is great. Off-camera flash, studio lighting, reflectors, assistants, all of those things absolutely brilliant and and boy can you create magic with it but imagine being able to create magic without any of that well that's my go-to happy place and that's what this workshop is about it's called mastering available light it's on monday a monday which is when most studios are closed monday the 23rd of may we do still have a place available uh, at the time of recording we limit the places really quite hard it's six places per workshop why well it's so that we have a chance to actually talk actually Uh, answer questions and discover things that people really need to uh, investigate Uh, we know that we got the numbers about right I took a punt that six would be a good number and based on the feedback from the last workshop uh, we got it about right Uh, of course we're hoping the weather is good but if not well we'll find ways of using uh, light reflected off wet surfaces Uh, so that's mastering available light Monday 23rd of May whole day here at the studio starts at about 9 9 30 cracks on until you've had enough uh, around about five o'clock and then if anyone's still around uh, maybe uh, grab some food or have a drink or have a coffee uh, and just do a a quick mop mop up Uh, it's 295 pounds that's 295 pounds uh, for the workshop uh, and discounts a 25% discount is available if you are a member of the MPA the SWPP the BIPP uh, of course, our Mastering Portrait Photography site, if you're a subscriber there, uh, and as well, anyone who's on the Graphy Studio community also qualifies for discount as well. Guess what? <laughs> We're ambassadors, so it feels like the right thing to do. So that's 295 quid, a bargain of anybody's money, a full-on day, very intense, lots of laughter. We're going to have a ball uh head over to paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk you'll see the area of coaching or workshops head over there or just stick paul wilkinson photography workshops into your favorite search engine and you will find us i'll also put a link in the show notes uh right on to this podcast so firstly i have to say this podcast 
was recorded in a bar. <laughs> Possibly my favourite, uh, but in contrast to our studio garden, not the quietest place to record audio. However, it makes me happy. So it was at this year's Incredible Societies of Photographers Convention uh, where I spent the week, well, socialising, schmoozing, uh, laughing a lot uh, and judging and generally feeling well uh, liberated from the previous two years of lockdown. It was one of the best conventions I've been to. Yes, all right, it's May as I'm pushing this interview out and <laughs> the convention was in March. Uh, but that tells you a lot about my diary. And because of the noise in the background, uh, the edit on this particular uh, this particular interview took me a little bit of time to nail down, not least of which because uh, where we were recording, we were constantly, <laughs> constantly being cajoled and interrupted by people. One or two uh, interruptions I've left in, one in particular, the guys from Light Blue, uh, the software that we use for tracking all of our clients' work, uh, were there generally taking pictures for their social media feeds and laughing at us. Uh, so a shout to those boys. Uh, absolutely lovely to see everybody. Um, what an absolutely brilliant time it was to spend a week in the company of so many photographers. And this particular photographer, the interview, uh, is, one, is one of the nicest guys in the industry, Ross Grieve, who is a street uh, and portrait photographer as well as a videographer and a Panasonic ambassador. Uh, he also happens to be the host of the Talking Shot uh, podcast again, details of which I will put in the show notes, but he does mention during the interview. And of course, being in a bar, uh, we had, well, maybe we had just, well, bought ourselves a pint or two, uh, and we commence with the obligatory cheers. Cheers. Anyway, cheers, cheers mate. Chinkity chink. Uh, Good to you, see you, mate. What you, yeah, what you can't see on the podcast is my... Well, you can hear it. Me and Ross are in a bar. Mm. It is the 2022 Societies of Photographers Convention. Uh, I've just finished judging and I have a presentation tomorrow. You've been presenting. I've been presenting and I've done two presentations. Just finished my street photography one, yep. which was amazing. Loved it. Yep, love it when you get that engagement from people and you share. I, I learned off someone in there... I'm trying to track down someone in one of my photographs. Right. And he went, why don't you just contact the local, local newspaper? It'd be a really good PR. And um, the photo goes in there and it'd be a really good story. I went, that's oh, so simple. Genius. Why didn't I think of that? What a great idea. Down. So, and you get, you get publicity and you get... Yeah. And even if they say no, it's already been out in the newspaper. Yes, so you, exactly. Yeah, oh, very good. So, I mean, that, that <laughs> image... Um, did very well here a couple right. of years ago and yep. I've been, that's how long I've been looking for this person Right. So, what was the image of? Uh, it's of a Muslim guy walking in front of a wall that says shoot me I remember the shot mm. yeah, quite and a powerful shot actually it's a very powerful shot and we were talking today if it was your average white uh, male walking in front they'd think it was about football you're right yeah um, but it's and when you put in people sort of create their own sort of story by looking at an image and it's I find that fascinating yeah, yeah. how how it can be twisted in that and not twisted is the wrong word but how people can interpret an image just by looking at it and maybe stereotyping yeah. people which is the wrong thing yeah, yeah. why do you love street photography so much well I got into street photography when I just wanted to go to London because living in Wales um, it's the sheep as we know <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> so e I wanted, easy tiger yeah. I grew up in Wales it's yeah. my home country so, so I wanted to get away from the sheep right. and I, I wanted to go and see galleries and wander around galleries and find inspiration for my photography. And I started people watching, going to coffee shops and just watching. And I thought, why don't I start photographing people? So I started doing that. And then I started developing my style. And it just, it's not an addiction, but it's 
it's an incredible training ground. Right. So you understand light. Yep. You go to the same place yep. every day. It's always going to be different. Yeah. The environment's going to change. The people are going to change. So I find it really, really exciting. Why did you pick London, though? Um, I, th- I think it was just the first one. It's It's got the landmarks. It's iconic. Um, I've shot a lot in Cardiff now. I was going to say, with Cardiff yeah. and Swansea and Newport. Yeah. Um, Port Talbot. I mean, it's got to be stuff in Port Talbot for gritty I, I, sort of industrial street. Yeah, they've got that. Well, they've got a bank ski there as well, haven't they? Have they? No, yeah. No. So there's all that. But discovering Bristol, I found Bristol actually really hard to shoot. Really? It was incredibly hard to shoot. Why? Um, I think because I'd been spoiled in London. Right. And then, you know, you walk around a corner and you always see something. Having said that, I've walked 11K in a day in London and shot not yeah, push yeah. the shutter because I didn't see anything I liked. Yeah. And... And I, I, it'll be from a car going past to a, a billboard that will inspire me and I'll get excited. And then someone asked me today, well, how many photos will you take in a go? And I said, what, per image? And they said, no, when I go. I'll go, well, one. I'll just yep. take one. I learned on film and I don't want to go back and, yep. and edit thousands of images. I want to go back and edit maybe 100 max. Yeah. And London was obviously because it was iconic and had everything here. But now Cardiff's amazing and we're looking to do workshops there as well. Cool. As well as London, so that's gonna open up. I wanna explore Liverpool as well. I think I think being from outside the UK, I automatically think of those iconic cities and that's where I wanna sort of target the street photography. So street photography is the thing you love. Yes. Is that what your studio makes its money from? No, my studio uh, makes its money from um, uh, portraiture, yep. commercial work, yep. and also filmmaking now right, as well. Okay. So, and why uh, have you moved into film? Just the way the industry's gone, and customers are wanting it because you know I, I'm an ambassador for Lumix, and yep. and, and uh, they provide beautiful cameras for me to use. So um, it's in my own just, just to exploit that and and to get the most out of it. And my clients are asking me to do film, and it's quite exciting for me because I yep. get to learn a new skill and edit. And I'm really enjoying that because I love music, like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that gets incorporated in as well. The so thing is, I'm a terrible, terrible filmmaker. Oh, it's a storytelling though, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought I always thought I'd be good at it. Hmm. But um, the other day on uh, my beautiful Z9, I stuck a video recorder on the top and took clean, clean video while I'm shooting clean video because there's yeah. a feed to the sensor. It never breaks, even when you're shooting raw files. There's no breaks in the in the, the film. And so I said to my client, I'll, I'll bung you this, it'd be great. I'm photographing running dogs as it happens and oh. a lot of other bits and pieces. And it turns out I'm a useless filmmaker. <laughs> because there's, well, what it was is I was moving the camera around really quickly to refocus each dog every time it moved. I was getting different, you know, constant, constant movement. Yeah. And it's really funny when you record that as a film. It's surprising how crap it is to watch. And you get a headache watching it. <laughs> it's just, oh, now I understand why filmmakers are filmmakers and photographers but, are photographers. But it's liken it to shooting a wedding. You've got to have a beginning. You've yeah, got yeah. to have an establishing shot. You've got yeah. to have the details. Yeah. And then you've got the middle telling the, the bulk of the story. And then you've got to tail off towards the end. So if you sort of look at it that way, obviously there's a lot more going into it. Yeah, We're yeah. talking about colour and colour grading and inspiration yeah. in my street photography now is coming from cinema right okay so say take the joker for example a lot of my street photography has mainly been black and white right but now i'm seeing is it is, good i still haven't seen it oh uh, joker is, is is incredible is it and the way they use color in that film is so clever and i, I recommend anyone go onto youtube type in lawrence share he was uh, and just watch how he talks about how they use color on right. joker it's 
absolutely incredible. All right, okay. There's 15 is that, minutes is that of your life, you're Joaquin watching. Joaquin Phoenix, is it him? Is, who's the Joaquin star? Phoenix. Yeah, it is him, isn't it? Yeah. Because Batman's out now, isn't it, with Robert Pattinson? Yes. Which apparently is also really which also, good. Yeah, no, Scott Johnson went and saw that the other day. He was yeah, he said he was raving about it. So it'll be interesting. I'm going to have to have a back-to-back. <laughs> Batman, yeah, I'll be on my own, I think. I don't know if I'd be able to persuade Sarah to come to that with me. Well, I don't know. Well, Batman's always dark, isn't it? Yeah, and this one's meant to be really dark. Yeah. Um, so. so I think DC, for once, are going down the right right route. Yeah. They no, haven't really found their place, but they seem to now. Yeah. It's interesting. To, I mean, I'm not a comic kind of Marvel or DC fan particularly. Mm. I like a good film. Um, and I know my son is really into Batman. Yeah. And so, but do you find film though? I mean, I, I look at film now and I look at colour, or how they lit that, and, and yeah. uh, it almost sometimes ruins a film for me because I'm looking how they lit that, yeah. how they treated that, yeah. and that's because I've got into um, and film and filmmaking. Well, I do it from a stills point of view, mm. so I will pause it if I'm at home and take a picture of the screen yeah. and crack it, or if I'm watching it on an iPad, you know, which of course isn't quite the same experience, but you can screen grab it which I love because then I've got a reference to how the hell did they do that? Because as photographers, we get bent out of shape yeah. about one isolated frame, you know, one one hundredth or one five hundredth of a second. And a filmmaker is doing that 24.97 frames a second. It's like, really? We get so excited. We should see the light. Should see the light. And they're doing that day in, day out, frame after frame after frame after frame. And I think as photographers, Actually, although I'm not, a, I know I'm not a good filmmaker because my camera craft is very fast moving to get the still the way I want it, as opposed to holding the camera still to let the frame develop as a filmmaker would want it. It's probably a skill. If I get into video, maybe I will pursue it, but it's yeah. unlikely to be my skill. However, the lighting side of it, the lighting of film, the way they have the layers, the way they um, pick out the story, the narrative components in a still frame. Now that is something, I think every photographer, there's no point, you know, I say there's no point learning from photographers, of course there is. I'm not going to downtrade, I'm not going to downplay yeah. my trade, but there's a lot to be learned from other. But this is where filmmaking started, with stills, and then the stills were joined. Well, yeah, together, so. well, a lot of stills, all yeah, in a row. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I photographed some of those stills. Yeah. Um, on behalf of the Royal Institution, oh, they wow. have some of those original, you know, uh, tripwire stills. They've got them in the archive. I photographed some of them for them. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but a slightly different craft and, and not one I was absolutely amazed at how bad I was it was very funny So you, if, you can really geek out on it can you and yeah, I, totally. I, I do I, I, I love it and the fact, I think everyone I mean I don't class myself as you know a great filmmaker but it's something I'm still learning and, and I, it's something I enjoy Yeah. Um, and I guess it's that thing when we want to do our own self-improvement and if the client's happy then that's a good thing as well isn't it so that's yeah, no, I mean, if you've, if you've got a business model off the back of it, it's yeah. great. And particularly if you've got a fascination for it. And like all photographers, we're geeks, right? Yeah. So if we've got the time and the space and even better, a pull from the client, that's great. Because you get to play with new toys, you get to play with new ideas. The hard bit, I think, is when you don't have a pull. Uh, so for me, I don't, yeah. there's no justification. And from what I did for the hearing talks the other day, <laughs> literally no point, you know, bless them. I showed them the video and we all agreed it was not you know they've got an in-house videographer the way you could maybe try that again which you probably won't but you could just fix it but not on the camera yeah no I, I, there's lots of ways I could do it mm. um, and, the, and this you know the camera these cameras now it's, an, it's got an 8K capture capability we can shoot it's crazy isn't it really quite sophisticated with all whatever it's S-Log I think is on it now not that I use it or know much about it but I've got the equivalent of 
what, 50 frames a second, 60 frames a second raw, essentially. It's but I don't know what I'd do with all of that. No, I wouldn't. But then, well, you know how I did uh, a shot a few years ago, shot in 4K with a dog running towards yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So using film to get yeah. a still yeah. because of the high frame rate. So yeah. that was shot at 30 frames a second. Yeah. And because I, I couldn't, Black Labrador running towards me, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't shoot it any other way. Yeah. And we do and the same now with 20 frames raw files. Nice. So I can do 20 frames a second. It's not 30 frames a second, but it's still 20. And because, again, the new generation of mirrorless means there's no blackout at all. Yeah. No noise, no shutter noise if I turn it off, nothing. It's like holding your video camera, except I'm pushing 20, 50 megapixel raw files to the cards every second. And that's, but it's important to mention, though, that the, your card quality is very important there because oh, man, you need to have a fast yeah, card. Yeah. I spent, I laughed about it last night. I spent, was a Nikon Z9? 5,300 on a camera. I spent six and a bit thousand pounds on lenses because it was, see, it's got the new throat size, the bigger uh, throat and, yeah. and bayonet mount. I saw you coming. Yeah. yeah. And then a thousand pounds on memory cards. Yep. <laughs> what, do, what do you got? CF Express in there? CF Express, yeah. Nice. nice. It's only, I've only bought four cards yeah. and a reader, £1,000, because they're 1,700 megabytes a second. I yep. mean, they're quick. They're so quick. Uh, well, they have to be, or else... You what know, do you got? Well, Lexar in there, have you? No, I got the ones they recommended, yeah. which I think is... Um, oh, man, I can't even name it, but it's the new one that's a spin-off from SanDisk or Lexar, okay. one of them. Another so one of those companies. So well, it's another one of those companies that had a split, you know. Yeah. They wear one thing, now they're another. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Is it whatever's at the top of their recommended list? I can't remember what it is. Um, because oh, yeah. my, my mate makes these by the <laughs> it might be yeah but it's on Nikon's website so yeah. <laughs> I just followed their rules so you did uh, street photography class yes, today uh, yeah street photography class today which is fantastic yeah. and then yesterday was uh, camera to client which I did with Peter Morgan which was about backup systems right all that sort of thing that photographers and filmmakers are terrified yeah. of yeah yeah um, so that was really good as well massive room yeah uh, it was like hello Wembley <laughs> <laughs> But um, that, that was that was a great. So what did you cover in that? So we started from literally SD cards and camera capture, image capture, right through to cloud usage. Yeah. So if the worst case scenario happens, all those systems are in place and yep. how you can adapt them to to work for you. And um, it was it was really well received. It was a, it was a new topic. We did half an hour on it at the photography show this year, which wasn't long enough. Right. Um, so it was actually nice to get all that information out in the yeah. 90 minutes. So yeah. 90 minutes is good length, isn't it's it? It's a, a really good length. I like that. I yeah. mean, we I ran over yesterday, ran over today as well. Um, and there is a nice buffer between the talks as well. Yeah, mine. So that's that, good. The thing is, me and Sarah are presenting at 4.30 till 6 tomorrow. Excellent. And then at 6 o'clock, it's the, 6 o'clock, it's the drinks in here. Yes. Which is... I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I suspect I'm going to have to present in a in a bow tie. Well, I I very thought I am going to come to your talk, stick my head in the door, fully dressed. Well, obviously, well, what well, have you got to <laughs> Please, please don't turn up naked. Well, there's an option now. There isn't. There, trust me, there isn't. If you turn up naked, I'm not running the course or the, the presentation. I feel like my words have broken well, down with I, the image. It, it depends how, you know, if I get my hair done in time. My <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not. You can't hear. You can't see this, obviously, dear listener. Uh, Ross, well, you're as bald as a coot. Well, you're trying to say I'm follically challenged. No, you're just bald. <laughs> I mean, follically challenged would imply there's some follicles. I cannot. There must be some somewhere on that. Yeah, yeah you've, it's just it needs a trim actually. It needs a trim. It needs a, it needs a buff. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only person who can get their hair cut at a shoe shine. I know it's great. Actually, <laughs> it's brilliant. I don't. I don't have the stress of going to a, a barber's. 
No, you don't. No, you really don't. No. So uh, how have the last couple of years been for you? Well, gosh, the last couple of years. Well, two years ago, I had a heart attack. Do you know what? I didn't know that. I know. So um, I, I, I'm not a person. Seriously? Who, seriously. So I left two years ago. I did, had an amazing time here. And um, I left here to go to Pennington Station, walking up the ramp. I had a really tight chest and a numb arm. And I had to sit down. I was breathless. Wow. So I was like, what's happening? What's happening? Got home, rang the doctors, went to the doctors. So this was January. The, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the last one was in January. Went to the doctors and they said, um, okay, there's something there. We want to refer you to a cardiologist. Then a good friend, COVID comes along, lockdown. So I don't see a cardiologist to November 2020. No way, man. Um, and so I saw a cardiologist that day and they basically said, Right, there are some abnormalities. Uh, you're going to have to go have see an angiogram. So when they put the dye around your heart, yeah, to have yeah, a look yeah. at it. My partner, thank goodness, was a nurse. And she said, right, you need to come up to my place. I need to look after you. You need to be monitored because you're going to be on blood thinners. And yeah. I'm going, what's going through my head at the moment? Because yeah. I was typical Kiwi Blake. Oh, yeah. I'll be right. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely knocked me off my feet. Went up to... Um, stay with non and then uh, the next month had angio- angiogram and they said here's the good news what's that it's completely blocked how's that good well, so my LAD artery which is a low ascending yeah. artery main artery was completely blocked um, and they luckily I was able to have a um, operation at the start of 2021 in January and I had two stents put in wow I know wow and how I don't know how to because this is absolute news to me I didn't know this how do you feel about all of that before I I probe you with questions right so I now I feel amazing so that November of that year 2020 I couldn't run a mile right so I'd be puffing and and I was a GTN spray which helps thin your blood yeah and then after the operation um, which was a complication because um, you're meant to rest and stuff and they go in through your and through right. your leg, through yeah, your femur right. artery, and through your wrist. Yeah. And the way it works, there's a little sort of clamp they put in your leg, and they use collagen to seal it. And what happened was, I went down for food a couple of days later, because I was only in for a day. It was wow. surgery. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And uh, got home, and um, I had a bit of swelling and that night when I walked down the stairs. And I sort of looked at my partner and said, this isn't right. And she went right upstairs, and I was in pain, trying to put a brave face on, and just had to put pressure on on the wound. But it was like I could feel water running down inside my leg. So basically, it was a hematoma right. happening. Yeah. And she just kept pressure on it to sort it out, and then up every two hours at night, putting pressure on it. And thank goodness, because we didn't want to go back into hospital because right. of COVID. Yeah. Um, and you know, touch wood, I've, I've very lucky. And, He's um, very, it's all right, you, what you can't hear yeah. again is the two of us sideways looking at your partner yeah. who is both beautiful and a nurse Yes. so yeah that kind of joins the dots <laughs> yeah, right? it wasn't does. just your random partner no. saying put pressure on it <laughs> and then an ensuing row you yeah. don't know what you're doing <laughs> yeah. in this particular instance she does know what she's yeah, doing yeah she does what she's doing um, and, look after yourself yeah and probably saved your life yeah Yeah. fair play yeah, she did actually fair play. I mean it's kind of like it's like a really it's a really cool superhero story right Oh, in which 100%. you're not the superhero, your no, partner no, no, is. I'm the, 
I'm Lois Lane. <laughs> Lois, Lois to her Superman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where to park those images, but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, but since then I've, I've been amazing. You know the NHS. Wow, what an incredible institution. And yep. you, when you see them work, and they know you're scared. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's just absolutely incredible to well. I'm not saying go and experience it because you don't want to, no, you but don't want the to. fact I, you yeah. know they're there yeah, yeah. is something else. And um, yeah, I'm I'm fit. I'm refereeing rugby again. Um, I've, I've never been. I don't think I've ever been better. So brilliant. Yeah, good brilliant. place. Good place. Well, that's that's really good. So apart from that, but apart from yeah. that, so then um, that was the last two well, years. In those two years, <laughs> yeah. So then, um, obviously, there's quiet times with yeah. um, with COVID, um, and you really sort of. Find your good mates at this time as well, yeah. and um, four of us, like James Musselwhite, Scott Johnson, and I, we we decided we'd play Fortnite during right. lockdown. Right. And for mental health, that was the best thing ever because we we're always taught every day we were doing it. Yeah. We would do it, do our phantom marketing, as I would call it, because yep. it seemed to be going into an abyss. Yeah. And then you bet you're keeping a presence out there. You had to do it. Yeah. But then we would be talking at night, and because we're in all different parts of the country, we we're bouncing off each other, and it was absolutely incredible. And we still do it. Brilliant. We still do it. We have shenanigans in the evening and stuff, and, and it's great fun. And I think one, the only thing good that's come out of COVID is about mental health and stuff like that. People yeah. will talk about it. Yeah. So if you're feeling a little bit down, I'm saying, you know what, I've had a bit of a rough day. And I yeah. know people have a bit rougher, but people are more, um, they're more they'll, they'll open up more, yeah. which I think is really important. But work-wise, um, I've really analysed myself what I do, so I haven't got the studio anymore. Right. So, um, but I before I had the studio, I was doing a lot of environmental shots, and I'm back doing that, and I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So there was challenging times, and because I looked at my business in different ways and what was going on, and that's been really exciting for me. Yeah. And knowing that if I really need a studio, I can go and hire one. Yeah. So, um, don't do know. Do you think? Photographers are particularly prone, or I mean, I, I, I'm trying to phrase the question in a way that doesn't lead you to an answer, because genuinely I'm curious. Do you, as, you? A, as an industry, do you think photographers are particularly prone to things like anxiety? Um, you oh, know, and, and imposter syndrome. Not, well, imposter syndrome is a part of that puzzle, yeah. right? The anxiety that goes with it. Um, that that sort of mix of one minute having to be super confident and out there, the next minute self-deprecating. Yeah. Um, the insecurity of seeing how well other people do because you compare this is that social media thing yeah. where you compare your average to the best that everybody else shows so yeah. when they show you something or you see an image score well I mean we've just spent two days judging photography and you see you see images that are up on the screens and you compare it to your everyday whereas of course you're not seeing other people's no. everyday you're seeing the very best of the very best well, I think I think I went down that road a few years ago of you know comparing my work to other people's and it was just so destructive because my work is my work and people like my clients like my work like yeah. your clients love your work yeah, yeah. and if I compare my work to your work it's completely pointless and irrelevant yes I can look at your work and go well I hang on I can improve myself I yeah. like what Paul's done there but um, but we, we shoot different styles and stuff like that but I've found I don't let myself be judged on social media right. yeah. I think that's incredibly dangerous yeah. and I think a lot of people have learned that because of lockdown yeah um, but yeah, anxiety, gosh, absolutely. Um, I have this hate-love relationship with my imagery. Right, yeah. So 
some months I'll go, I love this image, I love this image, and I'll, I'll want to put it out there, and then I'll hate it, and then I want to put it back in. So, uh, Ian. <laughs> Ian, thanks, Ian. <laughs> Again, what you yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. is Ian from Light Blue yeah. taking pictures of us. That's all right. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> but May, lo so lovely put, plug all the same. I've got to say, so I put a quick plug in for Light Blue. <laughs> is the only database to use. It is, absolutely. We both use it. Yeah, we, of course we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anxiety creeps in, and you, and you get a bit of doubt. And I talk about imposter syndrome. I've gone through a whole that. You know, am I good enough? But, you know, sometimes that's actually a good thing because you look at yourself and go, where do I need to improve? Rather than absolutely pulling yourself to pieces, where do I need to improve? Yeah. Where's my opportunities? Where's my positivity? And I, I like to think I am quite a positive person. I was going to say that. You're, um, the, 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 the Ross that I interact with, the Ross that I get yeah. to meet, is always upbeat and positive. And it, was, it occurred to me before we started recording, because I, like I, I literally I've got an empty notebook. Usually I write some notes and some <laughs> questions. I've got nothing. But it occurred to me that as someone who's so positive and energetic, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, well, are you always like that? Or what do the oh, dark no. times look God, like? God, no, I'm human. Um, yeah, gosh, I've had a rough, rough two years personally. Have Absolutely. Well, yeah, okay. but, um, but, you know, you have an incredible network of people. I think it's also what makes you is the people you surround you with. And in those times, you learn a lot about people as and yourself at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I think my outlook is, if things are dark, I sort of go, well, I can't get anywhere. Can I get better? So yeah, that's, that's the true. positive spin yeah, yeah, to yeah. it. Quite right. So you can bury yourself in, you know, in a dark room for only so long. But sooner or later, you're going to have to come out and, and let the sunshine hit your face. Yeah, yeah. And once it does, you're in a good place. But no, I, I, I like to think I, I look positively on other people and that, and it's, it's not a facade, but it would be lying if, if I said I didn't have dark moments. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're human. Do you think a natural propensity for liking other people helps you be kinder to yourself? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, it, we, we talked about this today in my talk. It's so easy to just go up to someone in the street and say hello. And I said, what will the response be? And they went, oh, hi, hello. Well, I, I, I hope so. Otherwise, yeah, right. I don't want a bunch of vibes or anything like that. But it's the simplest things make people happy. Yeah. Saying hello, a smile, yeah. things like that. And that just makes the day. If you wake up and you a nice cup of coffee or just the simplest things make yeah. the day. Do you know, I was... Um, I started, or I ended, I, I spent a week in South Wales on holiday with Sarah. Um, so I had to go to a funeral. Before I went on holiday, I went to a funeral back in my family village, which, I mean, apart from the, the general sadness of, of being at a funeral for someone who was a, a, a friend of our family and a hugely popular guy in my village. He was the headmaster um, and a family friend. Um, firstly, I went back and I became Derek's boy because that's my dad's name, obviously, oh. you know. And so he ran a youth club. And so everyone there knew me as Derek's boy or Derek's lad, which is slightly strange. Then there's the sound of a small village at the first church service where they didn't have to wear face masks singing Calon Lan. Oh, wow. You have no idea. I mean, it was like on its own. That was utterly emotive. But I bumped into a lady who introduced herself and she was the sister of a guy I knew at school. But her mum, and I, I, didn't, I didn't really know her, but her mum, when, when I was a kid at, in school, I delivered newspapers to her house every morning and I whistled going up her path and one day the door flung open as I was dropping the newspaper and that's like you know what have I done 
And she said, you're always really happy, and that makes me really happy. Here's a bag of apples. Nice. Which was, is, na- is more touching now than it was then. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm carrying two big bags of newspapers and I've now got a bag of apples. It, wasn't, it didn't quite work. But over the years, what I've learned is happiness is something, it's almost a medicine. Mm. And I know it's, not everyone is naturally happy, and I understand that. But I think if you can be happy around people, it can help people. Oh, absolutely. And well, what do they say? Laughter is the best cure. Well, they say it's the best medicine. In, oh, best medicine. That's, yeah. uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the New Zealand version yeah. of it is best cure. It may be right. But yeah, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. Um, and there's that other one, isn't it? Laugh and, laugh and you laugh with people. There's cry Rob, and you cry on your own. Rob Williams' film. Um, he was a doctor and he believed that uh, laughter and happiness was, was one of the best cures for mental health. Yeah. And I can't remember the name um, off the top of my head, but um, I am, it'll be on IMDb. But I'll, I'll go and have yeah, a note. Because, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. People say, why do we come here and do the judging and the presentation? Yeah. We, get, we don't get paid oh, for any of this. What? No, no, we don't. But we come here, we, we get to see people yeah. face-to-face. You know, we're, we're talking to each other, absolutely beaming. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's that environment here where you get to be creative, you get to geek out, you get to talk about common things we haven't been at home for the whole year yeah. and I think that's that stuff we miss and I think that's what people miss as well like you said before we started we've sort of we don't have a filter anymore <laughs> so no <that's> just, <laughs> <laughs> I do think we've lost a decade of political correctness yes. somewhere in the two years of being locked into our yeah. own homes and our own heads yeah. um, some of the jokes that have been swinging around are decidedly wrong yes they are uh, but it, it is very funny and of course I mean, this used to be in January, and I think in a sense I like it being in January, but even if it's in March, this is the beginning of a next energy boost that for creatives is so important, I think. And even if I wasn't judging, if I wasn't presenting, I would still come here, I would still be in this bar, I would still be laughing with you and all the other people I love in this industry. And obviously enjoying the photography I'm seeing up on the walls, because of course, yes, all right, I'll do that. Oh, you need that, that, that inspiration yeah. hit, don't you? Yeah. You, it's, it is like a hit. You it, see yeah. you see works, you hear the judging, you go, oh my God, this is what I've been doing wrong. I'll go in next year and I'll, I'll correct that. And yeah. You see the hangs and you go and have a look, go, yeah. that is beautiful. I like what I've done. I'll, and, and you take snippets away from every right. sort of avenue. We're scavengers, of, of really, we aren't we? We are scavengers <laughs> and masters at it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Masters. <laughs> Master collectors. Yes. <laughs> Not scavengers. I, I believe scavengers they, sound a little bit I believe rough? they're called magpies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, you do. You kind of grab bits from left, right and centre and ideas. Yeah. You know, and I think, I mean, what's been really interesting, I think, from, from our side or from me is I don't know if I noticed how much I missed this till I'm back oh yeah and and now I've suddenly oh my god this is you know not I mean I'm not a natural I'm a bit like you I'm not permanently cheerful Sarah if we interviewed Sarah she'll tell you the other side of that particular coin the darker side the insecure side you know during the first lockdown getting up at 6.30 every morning and going to the studio because I did not know what else to do yeah yeah. side that yeah that's all there too and I'm one of those people that's really really confident in my ability as a photographer and really really insecure at my ability at being a human being it's an odd combination I can stand on a stage with a thousand people and it doesn't I don't care it doesn't worry me my, my pictures will do what they do yeah. I know what I'm up to you know it might not be everyone's cup of tea um, but when you're it's when I drive away from a client 
I don't think was I a terrible photographer. I think was I an awful human being. And so my insecurities are that particular flavour. And I don't know if I'd noticed how much it had played in my head till I came back here and realised how much I need this as a release. Just to be amongst people laughing and hugging. I mean, God help us, if one of us has got COVID, we've all got COVID. <laughs> or man flu or some other cold. It's okay, we've got a nurse. Yeah. The, the nurse ain't going to fix COVID. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, and so, you know, but it's just human contact. For, for I think for the... T- Certainly for portrait photographers and people who are people photographers. Maybe the landscapers are different. Maybe oh, yeah. I, should inter- I should interview a landscaper. Interesting. I had a conversation with a guy. He said, well, I, I came to your talk and I, I thought I was a, a landscape photographer, but I actually realized I'm a street photographer who does a landscape. So, so you do streetscapes. That's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, well, the thing is, I know, for instance, wedding photographers are actually architectural photographers because yeah. everything they do is very architecturally. That's their influence. I know portrait photographers who are really essentially landscape photographers because they put the subject into the landscape. Yeah. That's their particular flavour, you know. And in a sense, street photographers are journalists. You know, you're documenting the world. But um, I look at street photographers; they're very similar to wedding photographers because you're people watching. Yeah, yeah. You're waiting for that moment. You're predicting something that's going to happen, yeah. so, and and you're capturing that moment that's happening. Yeah. So that's why I, I look as a street photographer to that, which really helped my wedding photography. Right. So that it's was a good thing. And it, it is good. Yeah. And hence I go training ground, even for portraiture, because you're going out and you can get some street portraits of yeah. people if you interact with them. Yeah. Then you're improving your social skills by yeah. doing that as well. Yeah. Um, with that interaction, which makes it easier if you're doing a wedding or yeah, portraits yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're not going up to people and go, oh, just drop the shoulder and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think unlocks the creativity in your head? Gosh, oh, crikey, that's a blooming good question. Well, think about it, right? You, you, you're just talking about street yeah. and wedding and the fact that one was an enabler for another. Yeah. When you think about photography in its crudest form, we all hold a camera. We all know how to hold a camera. And even if you don't, and I don't just mean hold it, I mean use it. And even if you don't, the technology in your Lumix will allow you to take a pretty fucking good picture mm. like that, right? Yeah. So why can't everyone that holds a Lumix take a great picture? So Okay, so if, if we went out, same camera, same situation, we would all see... Se- the same, a, yeah. a different picture. A friend of mine, he said to me, the photo was always there, you just have to see it, you have to capture it. Yeah. But if we went out the same location, you and I would see the light differently, yeah. we would capture it differently, we would process it in our minds differently, so on the same camera, we would adjust the settings to reflect that. Now, if we're going to go out and we can't mirror each other, and this is what interests me about the industry, because people go, I want to know what you do. But then they... but you can't do what Paul Wilkinson does because you're not him. No. You can grab a snippet of it and maybe that will help you improve to develop your own style. But I guess, to answer your question, I love the end result. So how I started, I was fascinated with how the image got onto paper and I love prints. So I love that chemical process and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the smell of Devonfix. Yeah, but actually, yeah, yeah. And, and then actually seeing a print on the wall. So I, in my place, I've got my own prints on my wall. So I can look at my yeah. favorite photos that I've taken, whether it's from the kids, my street photography, yeah. whatever it is, on the wall. Because on a computer, you're not going to look at do, them. Do you know what? When I, whenever I'm mentoring someone, I say that. We'll pick out a couple of exemplars yeah. from their portfolio, and I say to them, print them, stick them on a the wall, leave yeah. it there. Yeah. If you're entering competition prints, this is the advice I give. Let me qualify it. This is the advice I give. Print them to competition standard. 
mount them on the wall, yep. look at them every day, and then in a couple of weeks, re retreat them and reprint them. Yep. That's the advice I give. That's of good. course, I'm an absolute idiot, and I run all of mine the night before, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm happy I got that out the printer. The printer didn't die. There's no banding. The paper looks great. I've got it bonded down. I've got it in the box. Out it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've barely looked at it, which is dreadful, because of course, you're absolutely right. You know, if... if I, I do a similar thing with a wedding. If I'm at all nervous about a wedding, I go and play one of our slideshows. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just running yep. my favourite wedding pictures through, and it's like, oh yeah, that's the kind of thing I love. And now I've got, and, and it sticks in my head all day. And you're you're absolutely mm. right. What a great idea! Yeah, you know, take your best picture. And it, you for do. you, is that all street or is it portrait? No, and no, wedding it's a mixture. Or? It's 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 a mixture of yeah, um, what the kids have done. It's a mixture of street. Yeah. Um, this. Um, my own fine art, which has gone in there as well, which I'm proud of. Um, so yeah, gosh, it's in, it's endless. I don't put photos of my clients. Well, actually, I have got photos of my clients in there at the moment because yeah. it's quite hilarious. It's a photo of Simon and Yasmin Lebon. Oh, nice. Hanging in the hall, and because uh, people always ask about it, they always asked about it in the studio. So randomly, I've put it in my hall now. Why have you got? Simon? Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's a good story. Good client to have. Yeah. So, what are they like? Lovely, well, absolutely good. lovely people. Oh, it was shot years ago, shot on film, right? But um, incredible couple, absolutely lovely. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So uh, you use Panasonic's Lumix, yes, range of cameras. Why particular did you land on those? So, gosh, I forget how many years ago it was. Now it must be eight or something like that. I was at the Society's convention, and I uh, was introduced to the guys from Panasonic, and I was going out to New Zealand that year as well. So they said, "Look, why don't you take one of our cameras?" And I was like. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, and not. Oh, that sounds a bit rude, but I wasn't like that. Went, okay, I'll take it. Gave me a GX7, right? And uh, went out with the lens. Took my Nikon kit out with me. Obviously, I trundled all that out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was out there for five weeks. I didn't pick up my Nikon once. Right. And uh, so I was quite intrigued because I'm a bit of a tech geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to see what this could do, and I got really into it. Loved what it can do. Came back. They said, "Do you want to try a GH4?" And I went, "Okay." So I was sort of trying this new technology and yep. I was pushing what it was doing. I said, can I do this? Can I do this? Yeah. And then the whole 4K photo thing, which I was kind of a pioneer of. It sounds really weird. but yep. um, And I ended up shooting uh, or taking a photo of a puppy running towards me, but shot on video in 4K. Yep. Pulled the still off it, printed it, entered it in a national competition and it won UK Pet Photographer of the Year. Right. Yeah. So that to me was this technology is accepted. It's accepted by my peers yep. and stuff. Um, but I just like their kit. The I only use kit that I like, so right, yeah. not. I'm, I'm very privileged to be an ambassador for them, and that's come over uh, years' work. And you know, being a global ambassador is amazing. Being out to Japan twice is fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Sitting there with a camera, going, "What do you think? We're this, you're on NDA. We're developing it. What are your thoughts?" So that I think it's very privileged. But that's come from a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, I like what it can do. I love the new technology. Um, gosh, I could go on for hours talking about it. But well, boy, so you it should. Is. You're a Panasonic ambassador. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's simple. It works. It does what I want it to do. Um, I don't have to read a manual. I like that. Yeah, I don't like. I've never, I, that's, that's not fair. I'd like to say I've never read a Nikon manual. Yeah. Of course I have, because you suddenly find yourself like I have no idea what that does. I know. Well, you're, we're just looking at their latest camera. They're yeah. GH6. Yeah. And. Um, and I, I got sent it early, obviously, to have a go with. And it, it is an incredible piece of kit. But um, God, that's a whole podcast in itself anyway. Wow. 
I'm not letting you do that as a no, Nikon no. user. No. <laughs> you know, there's a limit to how much pushing Panasonic I'm going to let you do. <laughs> the Nikon Z9, best camera in the world. Just that, <laughs> yeah. that's like a that's like a subliminal message. Oh, Nobody yeah, knows me saying no, it. No. Nikon Z9, best camera <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've, and the thing with a camera is it's whatever you put in your hands that makes you want to take a picture. Yes. And, and I always say to people who want to buy a camera, you've it's got to feel good in your hand. Yeah. You, 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 first and foremost. First and foremost, you've got to love its body. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so, so feels good in your hand, box ticked. You love the colour science, box ticked. You love the image quality, box ticked. Yeah. You love the price, get it. Yeah. But it always starts with, do you, you want to pick it up and take yeah, a picture? you have to. Because no matter how good the quality is, if you don't want to use it, well, that's a waste of cash, that exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So uh, sort of rounding up and wrapping up, um, what's the next 12 months look like for you? Um, well, gosh, there's a lot of events going on for me. So I work with an events company in London. So uh, fingers crossed going abroad to do some stuff as well, which I can't really talk about at the moment. Well, I'll get you back to talk about yeah, it when you've done it. So um, so that's quite cool. Um, obviously, the filmmaking's really taken off. I've yep. got a really busy few months cool. ahead. Um, portraiture going on as well. Commercial side's going well. Um, and obviously street photography workshops which, are, which I will be launching and you're the first to hear it well there we go that's an exclusive yeah. is there a website they can go to there will be uh, they will be coming up on rossgreave.com rossgreave.com so, and where's the Talking Shop podcast where can people find uh, that Talking Shop podcast can be found on all good podcasts all good podcast apps wherever you consume your yeah, podcast yeah. you can subscribe to Talking Shop yes yeah, so if you subscribe to, to Mastering Photography podcast you can find us as you will you will probably find us because yeah. quite I, I, I laugh a few times when you see the top 10 portrait yeah. podcasts in the UK and there's you and me side yeah. by side and <laughs> here we are good. side by side well literally face to face face to face yeah so yeah no it's, it's always a privilege mate meeting up with you it's oh, always good you say the sweetest I things do, I do I was going to ask you a question uh, here's, I ask every guest on my podcast right. and this is still it's my recording gear so I know we're joining up but this is sort of my podcast I ask every guest to name a book that would go into my studio library we have a, li- a literal physical library. It's, it's not a library. It's a, just a shelf of books, but a lot of books. All right. So every person that comes on, I'm giving you time to think. So every podcaster that comes on or every interviewee that comes on, I ask them to nominate a book. It can be a novel. Right. I've had autobiographies. Of course, I've got a myriad of photography books and geek books. There's business books and motivation books. There's, I've, I've interviewed authors, and of course, there's always their book. So uh, books on diversity and inclusion, books on motivation and creativity. If there's a book that you think photographers would find inspiring or uplifting or intriguing, it can be anything you like. Well, I, I think, well, since we're talking about happiness and, and feeling good, okay, yeah. it'll have to be Gary Larson, The Far Side Collection. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> yes. School for the Mechanically Deficient or School for the yeah. Mechanically Inclined, whatever the, the when he's pushing on a pull door yeah yeah (laughs) school for the gifted yeah school it's something that mechanically gifted (laughs) or something isn't it and there's the bear with the most unfortunate birthmark and it's a red target (laughs) larson genius unlucky hell (laughs) yeah the thing is i I, so i'm a big giles fan yeah i and and for christmas uh my family bought me the latest compendium of i mean obviously he's been dead quite a long time but the latest collection and i grew up those my grandfather i've got books and books and books of the giles cartoons for whatever reason he and I both adored them and so I have them and like you Larson is just right that's a a great book genius genius I will add it actually go and find a copy I I will send you a link I've got the two hardback copies of the complete collection and they are beautiful absolutely beautiful they are beautiful it's beautiful artwork and actually as a photographer 
I love cartoonists because, like any illustrator, they place things in the frame deliberately. Yeah. I think photographers do it accidentally quite a lot. And actually, if you spend time and place things, it can really help. If you have the time, if you're running backwards down a street, no, just get the damn shot. Yeah. But if you can place things in the frame, it really helps. And obviously, illustrators and designers and people who draw, they have time because it takes time. And the times when you, you see a photograph, we're judging a photograph. And it's like, if you, in my head, it's like, if somebody had drawn that, would you put that lamppost there? Yeah. Now, would you? <laughs> no. No, no, you'd have stepped three feet to the right so the lamppost wasn't growing out the top of your subject's head. I mean, it's a very simple trick. Let's try it. You know, no artist who put pen to paper would ever draw it like that. Oh, there's, there's a couple sitting on the bench. I oh, know, let, let's, let's put that lamppost or horizon cutting yeah. through their head. Yeah, mm. all, of the, all of the above. So, yeah, brilliant. Gary Larson at the yes. far side. And on that happy note, Ross Grieve, I have to say thank you. Thank you to your partner for the pint of beer and obviously for saving your life because the world would be <laughs> a far good. duller pace without you. Uh, thank you for the beer. Thank you for the company. Thank you for the humour. Thank you for just always being someone I enjoy seeing because it, you always feel happy afterwards. Oh, thank you, mate. Which is like the best thing. Uh, so it's the Talking Shop podcast, rossgreave.com. Yes. Bit of details about the street photography workshops. Street photography, yeah. There will be some on there and there will also pop up my Instagram, which is Ross A. Grieve. You can find me on that. It's easy okay. to find. I will drop these links into yes. the show notes, of course. Uh, so at the end of that happy podcast, thank you, Ross. Uh, sorry about the background noise. Actually, here it's foreground noise. It's just yes, very loud. But it's brilliant. Um, obviously, uh, please do subscribe to both this and the Talking Shop podcast. You can find both wherever you consume your favorite, whichever is your favorite place to consume podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Please do leave us a review. Five stars only. If yes. it's less than five stars, best to email me about what I could change to make it better. But do not mention background noise because I know. All right. I know. Uh, and on that happy note, I'd like to say thank you. And whatever else happens, particularly after a podcast where we talk about a little bit of mental health. Remember one thing, be kind to yourself. Take care, guys. <laughs>